couple of weeks ago, I started sharing on this, and it's something I feel God's saying to us as a, as a community of believers and as a church at the moment. But, uh, Therefore the Lord, the God of Israel, says in 1 Samuel 2.30, I will honor those who honor me, and I will despise those who don't honor me or think lightly of me. I will honor those who highly esteem, think weightily of me, but I will not honor those who think lightly of me. A number of years ago, Susan and I were in the market for a new bed. Um, we started our wedding with a bed that I'd had for many, many years and a bed base that was made up of different pieces. Actually, I think I had Pete, your old bed base, still going in there, which you'd inherited off your sister uh, through there. And so th- this thing had, was interesting. Uh, by this stage, so we're in the market for a new bed and went up to a, a bed shop and found this, this bed that I really, really liked, the sort of sleigh bed, and it had a tall boy that matched and a couple of side tables, and I knew how much I had to spend. And I looked at the price tag on, on how much all these things added up to, and they added up to individually more than twice as much as what I had to spend. And so I remember sitting there and talking with the assistant and going, I'm like, how much can you do this set? And so he gave me the set price. I'm like, I can't do that. It's how much I want it for. And so we sat there for about 20 minutes. Sue's decided at this point to leave the shop. Um, Because she didn't want to be there anymore. Anyway, after about 20 minutes of talking to the guy, the guy decided to give it to me for the price I wanted to pay. So I gave down a deposit and, and went away. And then a couple of weeks later, I come back and um, the manager's there, and I, I give my name and, and go to pay off the bed, and he, he looked at it, and he looked at everything, and goes, who sold you this? <laughs> They're the times where you feel, oh, man, I've got a bargain right there, don't you? And it's just good. But, um, you know, there's certain currency that gives access to things, and right that day, I was able to afford the currency that related to what I was receiving. I remember another time trying to go and buy a TV, and I knew how much I wanted to pay for this TV, and, and I was negotiating with the store, store hand at the time about how much I should pay for this TV. And after a bit of back and forth, he said, this is the TV you can buy. I didn't want that TV. I wanted this TV. He said, well, with what you're trying to pay, that's what you can afford. You know, what we're talking about here is the currency of, of blessing of heaven. We're talking about the currency of blessing. And it's one of those things, we can come to God with so many different things or or so many different attitudes or mindsets, but if we don't come with the right currency, then we don't actually make the purchase and we don't actually get what we're trying to buy there. If you honor me, I will honor you. Or if you bring honor to me, your currency is accepted and I will send blessing upon you. We spoke a couple of weeks ago about how when, we, when a, a lack of honor for God is in a place, it can restrict the flow of the Holy Spirit. Jesus went to his hometown church, brought a message, and the Bible says that he couldn't do anything there but heal a few people because of their lack of honor for him. And there was other times where a lack of honor or a lack of in their hearts, they thought evil of Jesus, where it stopped the flow of honor with there. And I, I want to take a moment this morning you know, even as we come to the Word of God and as we come to His presence, would you stand with me and just spend a moment honoring our King? And I was just in worship before, and, and halfway through, I just got reminded me that He's in the building. And the whole atmosphere around me changed. The whole atmosphere going on changed. Nothing happened in the room other than what happened inside. 
the God of all eternity wants to meet with you today. The God who created and set things in motion is here to heal your heart and move inside your life and to show you direction and purpose. You know, we just need to give him some honor and some space. And it is amazing what he wants to do in releasing life. So would you just stand with me as we just honor him? Let's just take a moment to honor the King and honor the God of glory. And let's just give him a hand of honor this morning and a hand of praise. And Lord, we just come and thank you for your presence. Lord, we just come and thank you that you are here with us today and that you have chosen to be here. And whether we feel it or experience it or not, your word declares where two or three are. There you are in our midst, and so we know it is. We know that we can enter boldly into your throne, and it's by nothing that we've done, but completely by the cross and the blood of Jesus. And so we just thank you for who you are, and we recognize you as our Lord, as our Savior, as the one who is just able, the one who is willing and capable to do more than we would ever imagine, think or ask. Lord, we just thank you for who you are. Oh, the God of all eternity and glory, Father, we give you praise. Lord, we honor you and welcome your presence. Let's welcome you. We just welcome you. Amen. 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 Keep that heart and take a seat. Keep that heart. We remember that honor is when we think weightily, give attention to, think worthy, give honor and, and purpose to him to think highly of, I want to continue talking about honor this morning because, um, but, see, the Bible talks about more than just honoring God. It talks about others that we should honor. And in Matthew 10, Jesus is talking and says this, anyone who welcomes you welcomes me. Or another way we could use that word welcome is actually honor in there. Anyone who honors you honors me. Those who come in your name. And anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me or anyone who honors me honors the one who sent me whoever welcomes or honors a prophet as a prophet will receive a prophet's reward and whoever welcomes a righteous person as a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward and if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones who is my disciple truly i tell you that person will certainly not lose their reward that's a scary thought losing their reward. Here Jesus is talking about a few different categories of people. He's talking about those who honor him will honor the one and receive from the Father who sent him. But then he starts talking about other people who we can honor and receive in our lives. He talks about a prophet. Well, we really don't have people walking around with the title prophet or the name prophet. We have prophets in the church and we have prophets in the kingdom and they're important because Paul teaches us that the, the church is built on their ministry alongside the apostles. But what's he, he's talking more about there also, a prophet, those that are in authority over you. Those who welcome those that are in authority or have a position over you, those who honor those who have a position over you, you get a reward that's due from them. A righteous person, someone that's a peer to you, someone that serves with you or you work with or is a brother or sister in the kingdom of God or you're at school with or learning with. Those who are on the same level, if you receive them and honor them because of who they are and what they do and work together, well, you'll do their reward. And the little ones, those who are underneath you, those that you have some level of authority or influence over, 
if you don't keep from them what you are due to honor them with, with your time and energy and, and substance of yourself, will you actually keep that which the Lord has endowed with you? So we have these three positions that it instructs there, and I want to talk today maybe about the first one there, the prophet, the, the authority over us. And there's a whole bunch of categories that you could sort of derive off. And the Bible talks about all these different levels, domestic, at home, the authority at home, civil, our governments, and the, the, our, our, um, our police, and, and those sort of things, social, our work, our groups that we're involved in, our education, our teachers, and our church authority. And all these are spoken about at different places. Ephesians talks about um, honor your mother and father. And he's, we know Paul's there quoting the Ten Commandments. Honor your mother and father. Why? So you can live long in the land that God's given you. The first command with a blessing. And what releases the first blessing in the commandments? Honor. Honor your mother and father. I was, a number of years ago, I was praying one day, and, and, which I do every so often regularly, and, and just sitting there, and, and I remember sitting in my house, and God talking to me, and, and said, well, the time you were hit by a car, for those that don't know, when I was 14, I um, was a little bit silly, and we were racing um, one Friday night, we used to go on a, a skate, I was an inline skater as a teenager, um, still pretend I am every so often, and we were ra- going out skating on a Friday night, and we were racing back to the skate shop, and I had a, there was a couple of guys visiting with us, and apparently I fell over in the dirt, um, trying to get around them. And then there was, if anyone's been to Alexander Headlands, um, there's four lanes of traffic that go across there right outside the surf club. And on a Friday night, those four lanes aren't usually held to at 60 k's an hour. And so one car was doing 80 as I crossed the road 10 meters away from the set of lights that were currently green. Um, And as a 14-year-old boy, I, I did a triple somersault and landed on my backside and bounced onto my head and, um, cracked my skull, we found out later on when I got some x-rays done, and so that's the excuse I use. Um. <laughs> so if you ever wondered why things are a little bit weird with me, I'll just use that as the excuse. And, and, but that, and so that, that scenario happened, and there's a whole bunch of other story within that which I won't share this morning, but I, I was sitting there praying one day and just hanging out with God, and, and God started to talk to me. He's like, you know that time you were hit by a car? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I, I remember that. I get told about it every so well, that was meant to kill you. Okay, this is a bit weird. What do you mean, Lord? He started talking about, well, it was an assignment sent by the enemy to kill you and take you out at that time. Like, okay. But it wasn't able to because you'd honored your mum. I went, oh, what, do you, what do you mean by this? Well, you know the scripture. It says, honor your mother and father and you'll live long in the land that God gives you. I'm like, yeah, I do. But I don't understand what you're talking about. And so God started talking to me. Well, do you drink? No. Do you smoke? No. Do you drink Coke? No. I drink B, but not Coke. <laughs> um, and he said, you do all those things because your mum told you not to. I went, wow, this is really, really deep. So I, I called mum up. And I, I was praying this morning, and, and God started talking to me about this. And mum had been at Life Group that morning, and, and they were praying, and she's like, you know, God said exactly the same thing to me this morning. That that was meant to kill you, but it didn't because of how you've honoured. And I was like, wow. And you, you have one of these times where you're with your mum and on the phone and you're crying and all these things do. And there, there is a blessing of life that comes when we honour in the household. 
when we honor mums and dads and, and honor authority figures in that, with that, to value, to treat weightily, to give importance to. See, when we start bringing this honor word into dealing with authority, the, the meaning actually extends further, and, and the Greek word actually extends further, and there begins to have this implication where it says to obey and to submit. To submit in your heart and to obey. This word honor takes on a deeper meaning of not just following the words, but to value and actually have a submission that comes in our hearts. Romans 13, and, and this is one of those ones we prayed off this a week or two ago. Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. You know, this is one of those scriptures sometimes I think we um, sit there and go, I really wish that wasn't in there. <laughs> I don't know if you've checked out what, I mean, we're coming up to a state election at the moment. And I, I can sure, I'm, I'm pretty sure that the, the people of Queensland wish this scripture wasn't in there. Because I don't know if you've seen the latest polls that have come out, but the highest single vote at the moment is sitting around, I think, 30% for any one party. I think it goes 30 for Liberal, 30 for Labor, 18 for One Nation currently in Queensland. And, and that's going to create for an interesting government. But what that suggests is that as a, as a people in our state, we carry very little hope or faith in any of those that have put their hand up to lead. And that, that concerns me greatly. I, I, a house divided against itself cannot stand. I, we need to stand together on this. But here we have, and how many times do we look at our government and look at our leaders and think, oh, man, Lord, would you just remove that person and put your person in? Would you just get rid of them? And, and I remember praying this at times. Lord, would you just get rid of them? I, I just ask for your person to stand. And it's like the Spirit of God goes, and goes, my person is there. There is no authority other than which I put there. All authority is given by me. But, but how can that be the case? Nebuchadnezzar was, um, in the Bible, one of the most, I guess, cruel and, and ruthless guys towards the people of God. He was one of the guys that, that came in and destroyed Jerusalem, took all Israel captive, and, and totally just took them out. And, and so we think, oh, this has got to be a guy that was working against God's hands. And we see what Jeremiah says about him. The God of Israel says, I will send my servant, Nebuchadnezzar. My servant, Nebuchadnezzar. You know, we often talk about the fact that um, David was the king over Israel. He was God's choice for the king over Israel. But people, we chose Saul because he was big and he was strong. And the Bible says that he stood a whole head above everyone else. He was the man that just looked right for it. And so the people chose that, man, we're going to choose Saul. And, and, and people have preached and said, ah, oh, that was man's choice for the position, not God's choice. I regret that I have made Saul king. Because he turned away from me. 
I made Saul king. He was put there by God. So we have authority in our lives that comes through and, and, and sits in places and, and it, it is not nice to us. It doesn't treat us well. Paul continues in um, Romans with this verse in there. And so he starts off, all authority is given by God. Consequently, anyone who rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. And those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. Okay, Lord, we're going to get rid of verse 13 and 1, and we're going to get rid of chapter 13, verse 2. <laughs> because that is even harder than the first one. To sit there and say, all oh, authority is God's. Okay, that's cool. It can be God's, but I still don't have to like it, and I still don't have to submit. Because, by the way, the Bible says I'm free. I live under the law of the Spirit now. I don't live under the law anymore. I live under the law of the Spirit and then Peter says, yeah, don't use your freedom to pretend that and do evil things. Uh, and so here we have God saying to us, okay, I've given authority over you. You need to honor that authority. Okay, well, that's easy to do sometimes. That's really easy to do when we have great authority in our lives. Someone that's God-fearing and loves us and carries the heart of a father or a mother towards it and is nurturing and encourages and builds up. And that's absolutely easy. I'm going to honor that. I'm going to come under that and submit under that. That's simple to do. But there's times when that authority is harsh, when that authority is hard, when that authority looks like it, it, it's, it's not counting. Like Peter wrote, honor the king. Honor harsh authority in 1 Peter chapter 2. Honor the authority that is harsh. Who he's writing about at that point was King Herod Agrippa I. Um, after, after Jesus died, the, the state of Jerusalem was, had diminished and the, the reign of the king had diminished there. And so what Herod Agrippa saw a gap in the place. And when the new emperor rose up, he, he sort of started positioning himself and, and, and cutting off other people and killing other people, positioning himself to get things. And he actually reinstated the kingdom and got the kingdom back that Herod had at the time of the birth of Jesus within there, which had been lost and the authority that, that his, his grandfather had had. And so he came and, and had this, and he did so sneakily. And then the Bible tells us, well, this was a man who Peter's instructing us to honor the king, what did he do? Well, he's the one that took the head of James, the brother of John, and was planning to actually kill Peter. He actually had Peter in jail, in prison, ready to kill him when Peter's writing this. And Peter's writing to honor the king. Paul talks about we need to honor the government. The government that Paul's talking about here was Emperor Nero. Anyone that knows their history knows what Emperor Nero, they didn't have TV. I know it's amazing, and I know you're shocked by this, but but um, first century Rome didn't have Netflix. I, I, they just, it, it wasn't there. You couldn't just, just turn on that. They, they didn't have Rugby League World Cup going on. So they, they needed other things to entertain them. And so Nero decided, well, my best game and my best sort of entertainment right now, well, hmm, I have Christians. What else do I have? Hey, I've got lions. This could be a fun game. 
And I've got this great Colosseum. Let's see what happens when I chuck a Christian and a lion in a Colosseum and see what goes down. And so that was their party time, was chucking Christians and lions in the Colosseum together. And that's Nero, who Paul's talking about, all authority comes from God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against God, against what God has instituted. And those who do so will bring judgment upon themselves. For those rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. Do you want to be free from fear of the one who's in authority? Then do what is right, and you will be commended. Peter talks about a similar thing in, in 1 Peter chapter 2, and he's talking about, you know what, you don't get any commendation or any blessing for doing the right thing, for following the law. There is, you know, do anything. Or if you get persecuted for doing the wrong thing and disobeying the law, there's no good coming to you. So many people sit there and think, oh, I'm, I've disobeyed, and oh man, I got caught. Speeding, I was going down and, oh, those stinking police, they pulled me over, they're revenue raising and they caught me speeding again. Praise God, he's going to restore to me a hundredfold right now. I'm believing, I'm sowing this in because I've been persecuted in the name of Jesus. No! You broke the law and you copped the fine. There's no restoration in that. There is no blessing coming to you but Paul continues Peter continues and said when you are persecuted for doing right then you'll be blessed then you will be blessed for the one authority is God's servant for your good but if you do wrong be afraid for they do not bear the sword for no reason they're God's servants to bring wrath and punishment for the wrongdoer Therefore, it's necessary to submit to the authorities, not only because of a possible punishment, but also as a matter of conscience and your heart. Paul's always concerned not so much with our outward actions. He's not concerned with what's going on on the outside. He's concerned with what's going on on the inside. This is where obedience and submission come into different things. Submit to the authorities, submit to the laws so that our conscience could be clear, so that we're not under judgment, so that we're receiving the blessing that flows and comes from that. And then one of these ones around this time of year or a few months ago, which is hard, this is why you pay your taxes. Another scripture that we could take out of the Bible and and be quite happy with if it wasn't there. This is why you pay taxes, for authorities are God's servants within that. As a church and as the church, how do we speak and talk about the authority that's over us? How do we treat the authority that's around us? I remember when a newly elected official came into office, I um, made contact with him and went for a coffee and and sat down and, and talked about what his heart for the city was. And I remember him sitting across the table and looking at me. 
And he's going, I'm really surprised that you're spending time with me. I'm like, why? What's, what do you mean? What's going on? Well, our values are different. Normally, you Christian people don't vote for my party and vote for me. I'm like, well, that right now is absolutely irrelevant because you're the man God's put here. Whether you believe that or not, you're the man God's put here right now. And we're serving this city together and working in this city. What's inside you for your city? How can I pray for you? How can I support you? What's going on with you within that? I, I remember um, a number of years ago, Danny Googs' church um, down in Adelaide set their minds to going, well, what can we do? What are the needs of the city? And they found a school that was absolutely run down and, and just devastated. And so what they did is they started getting prepared and asked the church and all the carpenters to give a day and pretty much took the, the church and they took over few shots of the day before and, and at the end of the day and this school just looked brand new at the end of the day and, and it's just like buildings were repaired and ripped down and and, and um, fascias put back up and the gardens all cleaned up and so much so that John Howard was in the pulpit the next week thanking the church for what they'd done because they honoured civil government and the authorities that were around them within that. There is an absolute blessing that we have. We don't have to agree with the authorities. In actual fact, if there's something of the kingdom that they're, they're doing wrong, we still have an obligation to stand up and say so with truth, but with love and honor. How do we do as the church with this? How do we do in our hearts with this? Lord, there's so much in your word around this in so many different levels and places. But Father, just, just ask that you would just move our hearts and mend our hearts. Because Father, I know for myself that I haven't always just honored those that are there. It's very easy to do and get critical and, and get judgmental. And Father, I just ask your forgiveness for that. Lord, I ask for your forgiveness for not recognizing those that you have put in my life and put in our lives to be ones to which we are to pay submission and honor and due and respect. Lord, this morning we ask your forgiveness for that. And I ask that you would move in our hearts and move in our hearts in such a way where honor wells up and honor stirs up. Where honor is received and honor is, is poured out from deep within. If you honor me, I will honor you, the Lord says. If you honor me, I will honor you. You know, there's one of these, there's a difficult verse in um, 1 Corinthians 11. Actually, there's a few difficult verses in the Bible. I don't know. If you've read the whole thing, you'll find them. Um, one of these days, I'm going to preach on Hebrews 10.26. Um, Joan spoke on Hebrews 10.25 the other day, and I've, I've had it in my heart to preach on Hebrews 10.26. I'm just, those times of fear and trembling come with that one. Um, 1 Corinthians 11, 17. He talks, starts talk, Paul starts talking about the Lord's Supper and about how it's all, all taken and gives instruction for it. 
I think it's the verse 27. It says, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. That is why many among you are weak and sick, and a number of you have fallen asleep or have died. to talk about some of the hard scriptures as well and some of the ones that are a bit confusing so when you come and receive communion if you do so unworthily judgment can come on you and sickness can come but we know that we're healed by the stripes in the body of Christ and the fact that he gave his body for us and it brings healing to us but when we don't discern the fact that we are actually coming to the Lord, when we don't come with, and I think another way Paul's talking about this, when we don't come with honor for the king, then hang on, we better, we better get our hearts right before we sort that out. You know, this morning we're going to come to the table of the Lord. This is the God of all eternity who gave up himself and paid the price for us and paid the penalty for us that, that we needed to pay. We were caught speeding and he came along and paid the fine. We didn't pay our taxes. And he came along and paid them for us. And it's in that spirit we need to come to the table with honor and the recognition of who it actually is that we're honoring right now, who it actually is that we're coming under. And here's the other thing. Well, Paul talks about there that the authority is given by God. And if you don't recognize this authority because it's God who gave that authority. It's been said that if we're not honoring the authority in our land, well, we're not honoring God. So as we come to the table this morning, I examine your heart. Spend a moment and examine your heart and where your heart's condition is with the authorities that God's put in your life. Are you submissive to them? Are you honoring to them? Do you speak well of them? Do you view them with importance and respect? It's been said that honor is given, respect is earned. How they act and how they respond and what people do in authority over you has got nothing to do with how much you should honor them. Honor isn't about the person. Honor is about you. Honor starts with us and ends with us. It's got nothing to do with the... With the um, the subject that that's paid. All to do with our heart. Father, right now, Lord, there's some hard things in your word. And Lord, I, I love giving uplifting messages and, and talking about uplifting things in your word. And I believe your word brings life. And your word brings hope. And Lord, these things we're talking about, Lord, they're weighty. Lord, they're heavy. Lord, they're serious in our hearts, but you haven't given that to condemn us or put us down. You've given it to bring life and freedom in us because there is a spirit of life and freedom when we come to your table and receive in worthiness. And so this morning, Lord, we make that decision. Lord, we hear your word and go, Lord, examine our hearts. Show us, Holy Spirit, what's going on inside us because we want to come with that. And Lord, we recognize that there is a blessing that is due, but we don't come for that. We just want to honor you. We just want to bless you, Lord. 
And so we recognize as we look at the table this morning that this is God. And this is our Lord's gift and his sacrifice for us. And so, Lord, we look to the table and we recognize that. And we thank you, Jesus, that you took the bread, you broke it and said, this is my body, which I give for you. An absolute gift of our Lord. And so we come to that and we thank you for the healing that this actually induced to us. The fact that you gave your body for us. Lord, we come and we receive the cup and your covenant. Lord, our relationship with you, your blood shed for us. That means that we can come into your presence and encounter you. Lord, we just bless these elements, Lord, and we just thank you for what they represent of who you are. And we recognize you in them. And this morning, this morning, I, I just believe there's people here, you just need a touch of heaven. We're going to spend the time now just honoring the king. Spend the time just honoring God. And I encourage you, we're going to start by receiving communion and then just spending a little bit of time in worship and sort of, I might just grab, I might take a song, Jeff, actually. I might do something. Can I borrow that? Um, that fits with that. And I just encourage you, when you've received, just make your way to the middle. If you need someone to pray with you and release faith and release an encounter with heaven over your life, as you honor him, I know his presence is there and his word is there and his, his answers are there for you this morning. For those that are, um, those that are serving this morning, please come. table of the Lord is open this morning to all who call upon his name. I just encourage you, once you've taken that time to examine your heart, come and receive. And if you need something else of the kingdom of God, just make your way to the middle and let us pray with you and believe with you.